0: Seinfeld, the smelly car is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing, and now, here are the two guys who don't move their B's very much, enough to have an O, surely. Rob
1: sister, and Kiva Whitaker, Kiva, how are you? Oh, I mean, we may have B.O., but there's no one to smell it, because we're, we're always <laughs> by ourselves. Yeah, I really am not that active. But sometimes, like, the lethargy could lead you, like, hey, you know, I don't need the shower because I'm not seeing anybody today. (laughs) Oh,
0: I've been there. (laughs) I've been there, certainly.
1: And then day three of that decision, like, you know, your wife comes up for a second and it's bad news. It's bad news. All
0: right. So we are talking about The Smelly Car, episode number 21 from season four from April 15th, 1993. Tax day. (laughs) Yes, tax day. And it's an episode uh, that was written by Larry David and our friend Peter Melman. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Peter Melman. So a lot to be excited about here on the smelly car. What a run
1: that we've been in these last few weeks. Yeah, you know, they say season four is the best, and uh, it's really good. Very, very good. And again, another episode, like we said last week, just nothing. No mention of the pilot, even.
0: No mention of the pilot, but a lot going on here as Jerry and Elaine go out to dinner, and they get a car back, Jerry's car, with a terrible smell in it. Horrible BO, and it's a beast, as described by Jerry. He has a lot of different words to describe what ultimately happens, and we see all of the Fab Four affected in some way by the smell from the car.
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the things with like the smell is very hard to get over a bad smell like visually through like a movie or a television show. Yeah. They do a good job, but in general, I, it's like a back injury. You know, we're like someone's back hurts and it's debilitating for them, but you look at them and they look fine.
0: So Akiva, before we jump into this, of course, uh, this is the Seinfeld Post Show Recap. You can subscribe to the podcast at com slash Seinfeld iTunes. We always appreciate your feedback and comments on our iTunes page. And we'll talk about our five star comment of the week later on in the show. But first, Akiva, what about the Seinfeld news?
1: Yeah, like um, last week, there was an article about Seinfeld. But this one really is one of my favorite Seinfeld articles ever. It's called um, "For a Show About Nothing." Seinfeld changed a lot over its nine-year run. It's an article on Slate, and he goes into all sorts of statistical analysis. Uh, a guy named Ben Blatt does about um, you know Seinfeld, and I'll give you some stats, and maybe I'll ask a trivia question too within the article. So uh, he analyzed like every sort of every you know. Every way he could possibly think of analyzing Seinfeld by the numbers. So one of the things, and we've mentioned this a lot of times, is season one. There was an average of ten scenes per episode. It goes up to twelve, fourteen, seventeen in our current season, and it peaks all the way at twenty six in season eight. Yes. So you know that you know something that we've noticed. And I, I write out the scenes per per you know the episodes by scenes. So that's a pretty easy thing to uh, to notice. Wow. Uh, you know he has statistics like the uh, not, the the outside the big four. What percentage of the secondary characters, what percentage of the lines they have. Season one's only 14%, goes up to 30%. Uh, and then it's like, what percent, you know, Jerry in season one has over half of all the core four dialogue. Yeah. Over 50%, and that dips down, and, and Kramer's under 10%, and that goes up. So all sorts of things like that. Here, here's a uh, one that maybe will translate well. Uh, if you want, you can answer this as a trivia question. Uh, he has the order, the ranking of uh, outside the Big Four, the top eleven side characters in terms of how many lines they had on the show. Okay. So um, is this
0: is like a Family Feud question. You want me to name? Yeah, them? Yeah,
1: yeah. Family. Okay. I'll give you family. You don't have to say the the order. You just you give me a name, and I, and you get three X's. Okay. Newman. Yeah, number one.
0: Okay. Um. Let's see. Where do we want to go? Uh, let's go <laughs> with. Boy, after Newman, it's a tricky one. Let's go with Uncle Leo.
1: Yeah, so Uncle Leo, he mentions him, but he's not on the list. I think he's 12th. Okay. All right. So, uh, All right. so that's then, let me,
0: then let me take out something. It's a George's dad.
1: Yeah, George's dad. George's we mom. We haven't seen him yet. George's mom. Yep. They're they, in the four, five, six range.
0: Jerry's dad. Yep. Jerry's mom.
1: Yeah, that's two and three.
0: Okay. All right. So now, now the work starts. Mm hmm. Hmm, let's go with Putty.
1: Yep, Putty's number eight. Susan? Yep, Susan's number uh, four. Okay. Or five, whatever.
0: All right, hanging in there. Hanging tough.
1: You're missing uh, three. Okay.
0: Can we go with Banya?
1: Yep, last one on the list, 11. Shocking that Banya has more dialogue than Uncle Leo. (laughs) (laughs) I demand a recount, Mr. Ben. two,
0: Two other ones. I'm gonna go with uh,
1: J. Peterman. Yes, and the last one is probably when I ask people this question, the last one's the one people missed. Mr. Pitt. Uh, no, not a boss, not one of the bosses.
0: because right. I was, was gonna say Litman next. Uh, and yeah, then, no,
1: that's good guesses. They're probably in the top fifteen. But
0: oh boy, one other person that comes up enough, I will have to say about Jackie Childs.
1: It's not. It's also kind of surprising, but. And he speak when he speaks. He speaks really fast. I can imagine he says a lot of words, but uh, a lot of dialogue. No. Yeah, and there's also someone who's not in a ton of episodes, but maybe when he when he's in the episodes, there's a lot of him. Who is it, Mickey? Yes, Mickey. Mickey. Very good. All right, you got them all. Okay. Oh, and you know what? There's one more actually, Who? but uh, you're not. It's it's hard. You're not going to get it. Oh, I, he put it, he put it outside the list for some reason, but he's number nine. Uh, George Steinbrenner.
0: George Steinbrenner. Oh yeah, because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Real, it
1: Doesn't really count.
0: Okay. All right. And Akiva, I have my. Trivia oh question boy. of the week for you.
1: Oh, I'm going to hang up the phone. Hold okay, on. Okay,
0: from Seinfeld, seen it. Yeah. In The Heart Attack, what body part
1: does the doctor hold on his date with Elaine? All right, so we've seen this episode. Yes. All right, so I can't, you know, I can't complain. In the body, in the body, in The Heart Attack, what body part does, does the, the doctor,
0: doctor hold on his date with Elaine?
1: Mm, uh, I don't know, his chest? Nope.
0: Her tongue. Oh, Poorly worded question.
1: Tongue. Poorly worded question. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. Give me a break there. Sorry. I'm sorry, Akiva. <laughs> no, that's fine. You didn't ride the scenic game.
0: <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into the smelly car. We got a lot of car talk to smell our way through and let's start off talking with Jerry talking about coming out of a restaurant in his stand up talking about the doggy bag the doggy bag is a failure akiva according to Jerry do you view the doggy bag as
1: a failure yeah i mean i'm the type of person who almost always eats uh everything they order and then like it's a race let's say like me and my wife if we really like the restaurant we'll like race to see who could finish first then eat the kids leftovers <laughs> when I mean, if it's a really good restaurant, so there's usually not a lot of leftovers in my family in general, because I'll just eat whatever's there. I like I'm like a vacuum cleaner. I'll just eat whatever's there. And when I'm done, when I'm not done, when I'm full, I'm done when the food is gone, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is a failure for me if there's a doggy bag. Yeah. Is it? Do you, do you, do you buy it, though, that it's like at what point in relationship can you start asking for the food to go? Hmm.
0: I have to agree with Jerry here. I don't think it's where, if you're a young, cool guy, I don't think you could take the food with you. I do feel like it's not a great look.
1: Not a great, not a great look. But if, you know, let's say it's like a full, you know, you didn't eat your whole steak, you weren't feeling well. It was a $40 steak.
0: Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where I think when you're on a date, if you're seeing somebody, you want to make it seem like oh, money is no object. It's almost like a cheap move to say like oh, are you kidding me? I don't have to buy lunch tomorrow if I have this. That's true. You want to make, but it then seem like, like eventually, ideally,
1: she goes back to your apartment and she sees that money is an object.
0: Mm, well, I don't know. I can't speak to that, but it doesn't <laughs> come off as that you are a high roller if you're walking around with half-eaten bags of food.
1: But let's say let's say the lady is like a conservationist or something and she's like unimpressed. It works the other way. Like, oh man, he's just um, a waste.
0: Well, I think that the, what the move you could do is say, hey, could you wrap this up? I want to give it to a homeless person.
1: Yeah, that's a good, that is good. And then you just bring it home. That's what George would do.
0: Yeah, that is a good move. And then you put her in a cab or an Uber and then you can then bring it home. That's good. So that's hopefully, hopefully it's not an world. Uber filled with BO. Yeah, hopefully. I'm, I'm sure that we might have a listener. I know we talked so much about a couple of weeks ago when I got an offer to (laughs) go in and drive an Uber, right? And I was solicited to drive an Uber via the mail. And I'm sure there are some Uber drivers out there that have BO.
1: Yeah, but at least it stays in their car.
0: Yeah, and at least you can go and leave them a star rating. And I'm sure there's some Uber
1: drivers that pick up
0: people that have BO and they could
1: leave them a star rating. That's right. But what about that? Would be funny if someone like was, uh, you know, always ordered Ubers, but they couldn't get one anymore because every single Uber driver complained about their BO. Yeah, because they have UBO. Oh boy. <laughs> that, I mean, also, what like the thing is with a valet, there's no, uh, you have no sort of recourse if they right. smell up your car. Right. Because so there's no ratings for valets.
0: We need an app that's like the Yelp of valet drivers. And then if somebody gives you your car, like, oh, let me give them a good rating five stars
1: for that person. Do you ever leave Yelp reviews?
0: I have maybe a couple times, but only if it's positive. A couple times I've been sort of like pressured into leaving a Yelp review. Sometimes you ever have a person like do some sort of either a service and they sort of like make you say like, oh, you have to leave us a good review on Yelp. Or they give you like some sort of like $5 discount. Like, okay, but you have to go on Yelp and leave us a good review.
1: Yeah, it's usually a small business, but it happens. Yeah, right? and then they have like, oh, look at us, we're number one on Yelp. Is Rob has a podcast on Yelp or no? No, it is not. You do you need to be like an actual like brick and mortar store yeah, to be I on think Yelp. You have to have a physical location. Oh, who knew? Yeah, I was going to say we should make a Yelp for the whole internet, but you could argue the whole internet is kind of Yelp. Yeah, I think iTunes is kind of like the Yelp of podcasts for podcasts. But what if you were just like a regular website? Yeah, Where do you go know. then? To- <laughs> I don't I know. The comment section.
0: The comment section is right. So this guy came to clean my carpets one time and he, I didn't think he was that great. But then at the end he was like, uh, so you got to go on Yelp and leave me a five-star review. And I'm like, well, I only got you because you had really good reviews, but you turned out to be <laughs> sort of like pressuring me
1: into doing this. Uh, so now you figured out why, like he was a three-star, you know, carpet washer with yeah. a five, you know, and he was really pushy reviews. about it. He was like, uh, Hey, can I call you on Monday and make sure you left that review for me? I, I have to give, like, as a small business owner yourself, You should give him some props for like actually being that uh, not not that you should be forceful, but sort of like following up and and something like that. The hustle for gaming the system. Yeah. The the Gary Vaynerchuk would like that. He'd like the hustle.
0: Yeah. No, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, without to get too far down the rabbit hole, but I think that he would actually do a good job. So people that would leave you a good review, he wouldn't say, let's
1: say you let's say you stink at what you do. Like you still need repeat business.
0: Yeah, much like the valet driver who stinks at what he does. Oh, boy. Let's go to Elaine and Jerry outside the restaurant. They're waiting for the car. And Jerry is making fun of Elaine because she said to the valet driver, please hurry.
1: Yeah, this whole Jerry and Elaine thing here, like we've almost never seen them this close, right? Like they're going out to a dinner. She has a boyfriend currently.
0: Yeah. Carl. That's the boyfriend's name. Do you recognize Carl, Nick Bakai? Yes, I recognize him from ESPN.
1: Yeah, I yeah, used to do He's not on anymore, right? But for what did he do, picks, football picks? I feel
0: like he was the Bill Simmons at ESPN before Bill Simmons.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's probably fair to say.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure if he's still at Bill Simmons. I'm actually looking at his Wikipedia page, and I
1: believe
0: that he is a producer on the show Mom, so good for him because that show does well.
1: Uh Yeah. Was that a CBS sitcom? CBS sitcom. That's right, so he sold that his soul.
0: No, no, no. It's <laughs> it It does. It does well. And uh, a lot of people do like it. I know you're you're very down on any sort of multi-camera sitcom,
1: Akiva. Yeah, I'm a hater. But if if mom wants a sponsor, I'll I'll pretend to like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: yeah Tuesday's I never,
1: at 830. It's Allison Janney. Is that who it is? Allison Janney? Allison Janney and Anna I'm Harris. impressed. I knew that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a secret mom super fan.
0: Yeah, I do feel like that he used to be sort of like the Bill Simmons guy there before Bill Simmons.
1: Yeah, but I always thought he was a comedian. I guess maybe he is. He was I think just he's like a comedy also.
0: writer and he used to write like things on that would be like on page two. Do you remember page two? Sure. Yeah. And so I think he used to do some sort of like, but really before Bill Simmons sort of crystallized the pop culture and sports, he was sort of like doing like comedy
1: pieces on sports. Yeah, Nick Bakai. Nick but pushes. he's not funny in this episode. He's he's like uh, mean and serious, actually.
0: Yeah, he's not very funny. And with all due respect to Nick Bakai, Elaine seems very taken with Nick Bakai.
1: Yeah, like she makes him seem like he's some amazing catch where it's like she should run by like the fourth time. You know, he's saying like, all right, you're, you still stink.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you stink.
1: But anyway. Yeah, right, he's just like a very average looking guy. He's not what I remembered. He must have changed up his look maybe lost his hair or something because by the time he was on ESPN he did not look like this
0: yeah well I don't know what what the issue was but it's a weird relationship too because I, I don't know if I would be that cool if I, as Carl not to say that he's really cool but he seems totally okay with Jerry talks about how like boy this guy has some racket I take you out to dinner and then I drop him off at your house I feel like if I was the person who was getting the woman dropped off at my house I'd be like so who is this guy that you went to dinner with
1: Unless you were really cheap, unless you were a doggy bag type of guy who was like, wow, this is great. I got that. First, you know who would approve of this deal for sure? Who, George? No, our old friend Tom Likas. Yeah. He would love it. He's like, you're not paying for dinner because that's not, that's in his rules. You're not allowed to, you spend more than 40 bucks on a date. So that was a really fancy looking restaurant Jerry took her out to like as a pre-date dinner for the two of them.
0: It can't be that fancy of a date because they have a valet driver that has horrible B.O.
1: No, that, that had like a fancy maitre d' who's really busy, he says. And, and it looked like a really expensive restaurant.
0: OK, well, yeah, vintage Manhattan restaurant with the valet parking and the, the very right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very I would say
1: every every Manhattan restaurant has tons of valet parks. <laughs>
0: All right. So they're waiting for the car. Finally, we see them in the car. And Jerry asks Elaine if she smells anything.
1: Uh, yeah, and they smell bo.
0: Yeah, Elaine has a great line that she says, "Smelling thing." Am I hard of smelling?
1: <laughs>
0: we conclude that it's
1: bo, and soon, soon to be determined bbo, but not yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're asking, "Well, how could this bo? Usually, the o stays with the b." Now is that true? Oh boy. That's tough. I'm trying to think. Luckily, I don't know if I have a lot of experience with detecting B.O. I have found that often in my travels that the O has always stayed with the B.
1: Yeah, because if somebody, if somebody smells up a car, I mean, obviously, there's things like skunks. Like, there are smells that will just permeate everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if, you know, if you, right, usually, like, if someone smells up a car, like, you open up the windows for an hour and it goes away
0: right right so yeah this does seem like this is an anomaly that is not of this world
1: i do think like what if i mean we're not led to believe that it's anything other than the valet driver but what if like there is something more like he he hated jerry because he didn't give him a good tip or he he just like hates people who drive bmws by the way jerry driving bmw never mentioned before again interesting Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, he, well comedy's doing well right now.
0: <laughs> hey, well, we know why he never mentioned again, because he gives the keys to some bum at
1: the end of the episode. Yeah, but we don't know. Like the bum doesn't take it We're we have no clue what happens to this car. It may just sit there forever. It might just be stripped for parts at some point. Yeah, at some point. But I think the city. Yeah, if you could hold your nose enough to get like a lug nut or something I don't know what that is, but some piece of the car. <laughs> but at some point, the city may have to like come with like the gas masks and, and just like t- and take the thing to the dump.
0: So you feel like that maybe the valet guy was like, who does this guy think he is driving a BMW and took some sort of like dead roadkill and stuffed it into the car or rubbed it on the upholstery or
1: something like that. Something like that or put it in, you know, the, did they ever pop the hood? Like maybe just put it in the car.
0: Hmm. I don't know if they ever check under the engine. Yeah. So he, maybe just. Yeah, when rub- you get a
1: detail, they're not, this is, that's like a cosmetic thing, right? They're not checking the engine.
0: Right. So- he has taken the air filter out and replaced it with some sort of <laughs> raw sewage. And then then it's like when you go in the car and then when you drive and then it just gets on you. Is that what happens?
1: I, I, I'd say if I had to guess, that's exactly what happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the old dip the air filter in raw sewage trick. The old. <laughs> Tale as old as time yes
1: oh that old uh that old (laughs)
0: that old prank (laughs) so we see elaine over there with carl we also i didn't mention this a lot of shots of jerry and elaine driving with their heads out the window every time they're in the car you see people with sticking their heads out the window like a golden Uh, retriever. yeah so What is this guy, Carl, talking about Uh, how he likes to ski and pillage and
1: plunder? I think they realize like, oh, you know, we've been making this guy seem like a superstar. But then you see him and he's like Joe Average. (laughs) So we have to make him seem like an impressive guy that there's a reason why Elaine's going to be disappointed that he's not. She's you know, he's not into her.
0: Yeah. I will also say that Nick Bakai was a producer on The King of Queens, which I know also Akiva doesn't care for.
1: Well, it's got some Seinfeld connections. Yes. You know, I've seen the King and Queens at least. I've never seen Mom yeah. Tuesdays at eight thirty on CBS. <laughs> I don't know if that's the actual time. Um, yeah, I mean, he he pillages and plunders.
0: Yeah, and so he moves into Elaine's hair, and we see his face reaction.
1: Yeah. And so now, if Carl was the guy who really never had a lady up to his house, do you think he would just go ahead anyway?
0: Probably, right? I mean, but, I mean again, we don't use know the, the smell. old adage. Problem.
1: I believe a beggar cannot be a chooser. Uh, that is true. But and again, maybe he's not a beggar, but also um, maybe we are underestimating how bad the smell is.
0: <laughs> potentially, potentially. So we go to the video store. Got to see some stories in the video store. Interesting that the video George is returning is not Home Alone that he watched on video but two weeks ago. Instead, now he is returning Rochelle Rochelle, which I feel like was only in the movies a couple of months ago in the show.
1: Yeah, I wrote that down, too. It was like uh, they used to take like six months to get into Blockbuster. There'd be like a big sign up in the store like coming this month to Blockbuster. You know, and then, like, things like four months off. Like, Titanic coming in, you know. Yeah. 20, you know, 2003. So, I, I don't I don't see, unless it was, like, really bombed, they took it out of the theaters after one week, and they rushed it to VHS.
0: I believe it's actually only last week uh, that George was watching Home Alone. It was during the Junior Mint, right?
1: Yes, although the order of these episodes in how they wrote them are a little off, because this okay. is the one right before the finale.
0: So, we see... Lesbians. George has spotted two women holding hands and he's very excited about this.
1: Yeah. He's got great lesbian radar. He always spots the lesbians. <laughs> no,
0: that's Jerry. And so we see that George in his inner monologue, he's talking about how that's so fascinating, everything about them. And he turns around and it's Susan
1: and she has a new girlfriend, Mona. 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 Um, yeah. I think, you know, Uh, First of all, they they actually do a decent job here. There's nothing really that doesn't hold up and that's offensive with the lesbians. I don't think, right?
0: No, I don't think so. I think when George asks her the question of when you two dance, who leads? I think that that is treated
1: as... as Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say something dumb as long as the show is acknowledging, oh, you're not allowed to ask
0: Susan treats it as a messed up thing. I think that the thing that would probably not hold the test of time is this idea of somebody can turn another person's sexual orientation around. George is such a bad boyfriend. He turned Susan into a lesbian. Kramer is such a catch. He turns Mona back straight.
1: Agreed. But I'm not sure if there were, you know, people would be riding in the streets.
0: I don't think there would be a riot. I'm just saying you're asking me uh, my opinion on would everything hold up. I think that that's probably the thing That would be the most of, uh, I don't know if you necessarily should say that. Fair enough. Yeah. But let us know in the comments and you guys always (laughs) do. All right. So we are talking with Mona and Susan and Mona, I feel like is very weird here. She's like, uh, so I'll let you two catch up and she just walks away.
1: Yeah. Mona, you'd imagine that if somebody dated George and then was lucky enough to get out of that relationship, they'd have a lot of stories. Yeah. So I, she's you know she probably knows all about George. Isn't exactly threatened by the idea of George, and but doesn't want to you know actually engage with him either.
0: And so George is saying to Susan, "I never knew you liked women."
1: Uh well, I mean she didn't right. Mona is a a, a lifelong uh, lesbian who's never dated a guy, but this is uh, Susan's first.
0: Yeah, first timer around the block for Susan, and so George is now realizing that it was right from George to. Mona, but he's very accepting. He says he's the first guy in the pool.
1: <laughs> is that true? <laughs> well, how cold is he the water? He seemed to have a pool? lot of problems, you know, with the outing, although at certain points he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so
0: we see that George has Rochelle Rochelle on VHS, and Susan mentions that there's a lot of nudity in that movie.
1: It's like what's the what's the point of her saying that? That she's like attracted to it? I didn't I don't get that. I think that, that she's George has seen like, it. Loser. Is it like George the loser because he's like just renting VHSs for the nudity?
0: The thing is about Rochelle, Rochelle is that in my mind, I believe it's like sort of artsy fartsy, where <laughs> there's like a story, and it's not like some girls gone wild video.
1: He didn't get it from the back of the store. That was yeah. that was like carded off.
0: It's not National Lampoon's Rochelle, Rochelle. Got it.
1: I mean, it's it's there's no Milan or Minsk in that in that section of the uh, video store.
0: So (laughs) George says it's not frontal nudity; it's more sidal nudity. Sidal nudity. (laughs) All right. So here, let's get into the politics of the video store. George owes three dollars and forty nine cents because the video is late, but there is a two dollar fee for not rewinding. Rochelle, Rochelle, does that hold up to you, Akiba? Would the fee, the penalty? we not rewinding the videotape be more than it would cost to rent for another day.
1: Okay, so here's what I remember. And I certainly went through this hundreds of times when I was a kid. Um, of, of course, it doesn't hold up to someone who would be watching this now for the first time who didn't deal with it like we did. But it certainly strikes a chord that like, oh, I haven't thought about that in a while. Um, it was very expensive. These stores stayed open by charging you exorbitant late fees, Right. So, every day you were late to a blockbuster or Hollywood video was like three bucks or four bucks in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, the rewinding fee, I don't think there was one. I think there was a, a, the Hollywood slogan, if I remember correctly, was uh, be kind, please rewind. Right. Uh, but I don't believe there was ever a fee. But I could see in a mom and pop video store, there being a charge for the not rewinding because they don't have a whole team of people who could just put in the rewinder.
0: Yeah. <sighs> It's it's tricky. I mean, I don't think it's that out there. I mean, it seems odd that the penalty fee would be more than it would cost to rent the video for another day. So
1: yeah, but is this a penalty? Because the dollar forty nine is that just the fee? That's or, the late fee. That's that's the one day late fee. Dollar forty nine. Right. But but that's not so crazy in the sense that you know that could get up to ten dollars in a few days. Whereas the two dollar not rewinding fee, even if you turn, return it two weeks later, is always only going to be two dollars. The set fee. Yeah. Fixed cost. Fixed I cost. Think, I think the um there was actually I don't know if you bought anything on Amazon Prime Day, yeah. but people were like making fun of like it was kind of a flop. I don't know if you were I didn't paying attention lo- to I it at all. I didn't
0: look at the stuff there. I didn't see anything that was jumped out at me.
1: Um so one of the things that people were posting that was funny was they had uh a a, a, a rewinder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like oh. on
1: really on really good sale on Amazon.com. Like, um, How much was it? I think it was like five bucks or or oh. even less.
0: Okay. So actually George uh, for not much more than he would have spent for the 349 and with inflation and certainly less
1: <laughs> yeah but the, the, the comments on the thing where it only works once it doesn't rewind after the first VHS you rewind oh no okay so I don't know if it would have been a great, great purchase for George
0: all right so Kramer says don't give them the satisfaction if it's only a dollar 49 for the late fee why don't you rent the tape again and then bring it back tomorrow. Now, obviously, Kramer does not factor in the cost of George's time, which would make it <laughs> less than 50 cents, but George doesn't worry about that. Yes, I'm going to show them. I'm going to rent It's all about sticking it to the man. Yeah, I'm going to rent the tape for another day and then bring it back rewound.
1: With tax, George is earning about 32 cents.
0: Yeah. All right, so Jerry and Elaine talk. Jerry talks the next day about how overnight the smell got worse. It didn't dissipate. It got strong. It's like they talk about it like it's a hurricane where we're watching this hurricane B.O. move over the Gulf of Mexico. We expected it to weaken. It's actually strengthened over the Gulf and is actually more pungent at this point.
1: Or or they're talking about it like it's the bad guy in a scary movie. Mm,
0: yeah, it's gotten stronger overnight. Elaine says there are six known offensive odors that she would rather smell than that car.
1: Oh, boy. Are we going to guess the six?
0: Well, it's funny because they're talking about, what about horse manure? I love horse manure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we started to talk about what happened with Carl. And what is going on? Because I guess he told Elaine that he was not up for any funny business. He had to get up early. What does
1: that mean? Well, Jerry says men never have to get up early.
0: Well, first he says it means that he's lying, which I like. And say that sometimes guys do have to wake up early. But would a guy ever not make the trade of sleep
1: for sex? Well, let's say the girl's really smelly.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Well, they haven't really factored that in. It's impossible to Elaine. That is not in the realm of possibility. That is
1: true. That is true. We're not going to feel like that for a few seconds. So Elaine, this is mind boggling now yeah but she doesn't write jerry like she doesn't realize jerry's saying oh there's a hundred percent chance that something's wrong because you don't he's not just turning it down for no reason right i like how they're getting into like wait there are men on the street in the morning what does that mean guys don't get up early
0: sometimes they do but they would rather stay up all night and again this doesn't mean you know somebody that's in a long-term relationship might not say like i i need to go to sleep but this is new relationship and that Nobody's nobody's saying no to that. I mean, I mean, unless the guy, I'd be hard pressed to come up with the scenario of what he needs to do the next day. That is so important. He could not be. Is he like some defense attorney in the biggest trial of his life?
1: Well, if he was, I think we've seen that defense attorneys usually. Uh, do that sort of thing, even <laughs> just on their break. I c- could not tell Full you alert what for the finale.
0: I could not tell you what the occupation would be that he would have, where he would need
1: to. What uh, if he was the president of the United States? Doesn't matter. Right. It, the, you could you could do a bad job. You, you actually have really good job security there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it possibly could be. But yeah, there's no chance that <laughs> he needs to wake up early.
1: What if you're a valet and you and you're like, you know, you're not going to have time to shower. And you don't want to smell bad. <laughs>
0: I think, I think you. It's an easy answer. Okay. Now, can the smelly valet get somebody back to their apartment? That I don't know. Uh,
1: I, I, you know, it would be funny if he was like they should have brought him, like what if how would you have brought him into the episode like what if he was like the greatest ladies' man of all time like Kramer loses Mona to the valet.
0: Yeah, something like that. I think you could have gotten that guy back in because they really don't do a lot with that guy.
1: No, he's really like they're keeping him off the screen. Like the smell is the is the monster, not the guy. Yeah. You barely see his face. I don't even know if he's credited in the in the episode. You really don't see anything about him. So Kramer comes
0: in. He says Steinbrenner is ruining his life. Is this the first mention of George Steinbrenner on Seinfeld?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, it is the first mention of Steinbrenner, uh, but it's also like Kramer being this enormous Yankees fan. Yeah, uh, not exactly a running through line through the whole series.
0: Okay. So, yeah, Kramer, he is a big Yankee super fan, but he was very invested in Keith Hernandez blowing that game back in the 80s.
1: Oh, man, is he like George R.R. Martin? Like he supports both New York teams, you know, equally and, and he's kind of a phony. He could be a phony.
0: I could feel like maybe was he
1: not so upset? Was he
0: more heckling Keith Hernandez as a Yankee fan? Or maybe, I mean, oh, maybe yeah, but no 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 I know what it is. I think the Keith Hernandez incident turned him into a Yankee fan. Like he was a front-running Mets fan in the eighties. Oh. Then after he thought Keith Hernandez spit on him, then he went all in with the Yankees.
1: Ah, oh, that's actually a good theory. I yeah. like it. And
0: maybe he was like that's a Yankee canon. fan. He was a Yankee fan when he was a kid, maybe pre-1962. I don't know how old Kramer necessarily is. But then the Mets got hot and the Yankees weren't that great in the sixties and he became more of a Mets fan. And then after the Keith Hernandez incident, then he was out and he went back to the Yankees. Ah,
1: I like that's canon. I like it. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he's mad about all of the prospects that the Yankees have traded
1: away. Do you have that prospect list? Yeah, it was Jay Buhner, who's was uh, cert- famously mentioned by George's dad later in the series. Yeah. Uh, McGee, I assume that's Willie McGee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Drebeck, that's uh, Kyle Drebeck's dad. Yeah. And, uh, and Fred McGriff. Okay, it's a good list. Yeah, McGriff, uh, they're all four uh, good players. They held up, those guys. No (laughs) Hall of Famer is there. Right,
0: right. And Kramer has a very modern-day outlook on baseball trades. Got to hold on to those prospects.
1: Yeah, I mean, right, the Yankees were terrible, and they were also trading their young players for, like, Kevin Moss.
0: (laughs) Kramer is, like, the pre-Billy Bean uh, Moneyball-era guy.
1: I I could see Kramer as a a GM, like, answering the New York media (laughs) question. (laughs)
0: all right so he says to jerry you stink
1: yeah if kramer tells you you stink because i feel like kramer probably has some kind of funky not like a bad bo but i feel like if kramer's telling you then it's bad news
0: yeah some sort of pheromones coming from kramer not necessarily unpleasant there's just a lot going on there there's a lot going on there And so Jerry instantly realizes, don't you see what's happening here? It's alive. (laughs) It's alive.
1: And Elaine realizes,
0: he thinks I stink. He thinks I have
1: BO. And then right. Elaine realizes, uh, yeah, that it's Carl. My question were for for Carl, with all these times he's going to send Elaine home. At one point, why doesn't he say like Elaine, you know what's a good idea? Like I have a shower here. Hmm. Never thinks of that. Yeah. Yeah. Carl really had game. He would have tried that.
0: Hmm. Maybe he's just so afraid that she's going to stink up his house. Yeah,
1: I guess. If the BO is that bad, maybe he doesn't want her showering right. in his house.
0: Right. Does he want this uh, stin- stinky woman in his bed? Again, we we can't speak to how bad the BO was.
1: We can't. It When there's smell maybe you'll, it. you'll <laughs> add it in. <laughs> All right so let's go to
0: George and Jerry are in the car and George is wondering, could he have done this?
1: Yeah. I feel like that's someone with very low self-esteem. Yeah. And you would know, I think if you did that, Jerry thinks he's talking about the BO, but George is talking about Susan
0: and they go back and forth talking about this. This is not BO. This is BBO.
1: Yeah. Famous line. From HBO. HBO. Oh boy. <laughs> That's when when you were a kid,
0: did anybody ever ask you, do you have HBO? Yeah. And then if you say
1: yes and they say, Oh,
0: you have horrible body odor?
1: Oh no, and walk I walk yeah, right I, into I, that one. I remember that, yeah. That's yeah. But I did a I had HBO back in the day. It was it was great. Yeah. That's a lot does of Bill Simmons
0: have any idea what he's walking into?
1: The horrible body odor? <laughs> I'm sure he could buy some sticks of deodorant for what they're paying him. <laughs>
0: All right. So anyway, George is now more into Susan
1: that he knows that she's a lesbian. Uh yeah, okay. I mean, I hear, I mean, I hear there's a, something a, to that. What are you saying? Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't try and turn them both over, but that may be uh too tall of a bridge for a tall George task. to. Yeah. A tall yeah. Task. That's That's something Kramer could try, not George. So, we see George and Jerry, they get back to the restaurant. They see the B.O. valet. He wants to park the car. They're like, "No, no." <laughs> I got this. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. That doesn't work though. Right. In LA where there actually is Valley parking, you can't just like, Oh no, I'll do this myself.
0: Well, you can do it yourself you, right? at someplace else, but not in the Valley parking lot.
1: Right. Right. They don't trust you to drive your own car.
0: Right. So here's Jerry with the Maitre D, and he's telling him he needs to come out and smell the car. And the guy's like, I'm very busy. I can't do that. So, does
1: this guy have a good point of he's not, he should not have to go smell the car? I mean, it's a very crazy request if you think about it. Yeah. It's the type of thing that's like the cover of the New York Post on like a slow day. It's like, guy says his car's ruined from the restaurant valet's odor. But it, like, it doesn't totally add up. It doesn't really make sense. It looks weird. Yeah. You think that would make the cover of the New York Post? Oh, yeah. The, I've seen much crazier things. They have this guy like keeps peeing in like Times Square or something. That's on the cover that guy? In, in the upper west side. He's been on the cover like 10 times in a row.
0: Yeah. Actually, I'm so, looking at my New York Post app right now.
1: And Tiger oh Woods made 20 straight covers of the paper when he was big in uh in uh you, you know when he got when he got chased by his yeah. wife with a golf club. Yeah so I, this guy could get one. Yeah. I'm telling you they've had dumber things on the cover. <laughs> well all the time. I, I, so I'm looking at my uh, New York
0: Post app. App. Just let me give you the top stories. Again, this is not the front page. Uh mm-hmm. we have the airline loses bag filled with six hundred and sixty thousand in cash. Okay, that's not great. Uh Jeff Bagwell gets excited by Astros Feels Up Girlfriend. <laughs> um okay, that, that's big news. Uh Carly Kloss's sister is a total bombshell.
1: Okay. So and- very yeah.
0: Most relevant to us how Jerry Seinfeld became a Bill Cosby de-blurber.
1: What's a de-blurber?
0: <laughs> according
1: that to the he Hollywood had a blurb on Cosby's book and and he got rid of it.
0: Yep. <laughs> that according to the Hollywood reporter, now uh Jerry Seinfeld is demanding that his back cover blurb in support of Mark Whitaker's unfortunate 2014 Bill Cosby bio uh Cosby his life and times to be removed from all future use as the sexual allegations about creepy Cosby continue to scorch whatever
1: credibility he has left. I, I don't think Cosby's done comedians and comedians and cars getting coffee yet. Right. <laughs> I don't think At so. At this point. say yet uh, Cosby in cars getting
0: coffee. Cause ideally y- you don't want to have any sort of food or drink with Bill Cosby.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't know what he's going to, no, we can't even, say. but I think, <laughs> I don't know. The post is weird. Like they'll put anything on the cover. Like sometimes like they'll link to something and like, you search for it on Twitter. So I mean, there won't be one person talking about like their cover story. Like, all the writers have like 50 Twitter followers. There's there's something off about this whole operation, okay. the New York Post. It is wacky.
0: It is wacky. So, <laughs> we are trying to get the guy to go out and smell the car. He's like, I don't want to smell the car. Come on, one whiff. Come on. Fine. He goes out this and smells the car. This guy's such a
1: classic, like, central casting, like, maitre d, you no? Know?
0: Right. So, the guy is like locked in the car now. He won't get out. And he's saying, "Let me out! This is terrible. I'll give you fifty dollars."
1: You know, ninety percent of the time Jerry is a wimp, but then he'll get super aggressive, like here.
0: Yeah, if there's anybody that he's tougher, than, he starts getting like really
1: like into a bully. <laughs> he's a bully if, <laughs> for the for the five people who are weaker than him.
0: Yeah, so Jerry wants one hundred twenty-five, and again, Jerry I think is being pretty reasonable. He's not even saying that the guy has to pay for the whole cleaning, which was quoted at two hundred fifty dollars.
1: Yeah, and he could for sure get it. He yeah. could get the two fifty at this point. He could. He lets like,
0: him walk at one twenty-five, but. George realizes that his VHS tape, somebody stole the video for Rochelle Rochelle.
1: That, by the way, like literally the worst thing that could have happened to you in like in 1993.
0: As we will see. Maybe that's how... What
1: do you even do? Like, did you ever lose a VHS tape? I never did lose a VHS tape. I do think if I remember correctly, the number in my head is like 60 bucks. It's 90 in this episode. Yeah, but I think like by the time... You know, because they have to pay a lot of money per tape because there's, you know, everyone's assuming that they're renting it out a bunch of times. Yeah. Um. I, I think. Yeah, I think it was like sixty dollars, but, but uh, I could be wrong. Okay. I once returned uh, a a blockbuster video into the Hollywood slot, oh. and I till like uh, I don't know how I realized, but that actually got waived. There was so much money they just waived it. They, like if it's two days and it's seven bucks, they'll make you pay it. But if it's like ten days and thirty five dollars, they'll feel bad for you and they'll waive it.
0: Oh. Okay, and is that part of the reason why they're out of business? Uh, yeah, it's possible that they they were too nice. All right, so somebody stole the video. Maybe that's how we could have gotten the valet guy back in the episode where we see him and his smelly house watching Rochelle. Rochelle.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right. It, it definitely could have been. It definitely could have been him. Who he like? Right. Why don't we know who stole it? That doesn't pay off. It should have been the valet guy. All so right. many things you could have done with the valet guy.
0: So Elaine and Carl. She's explaining it. And, oh, you see, that's why it was the car. It wasn't me. And he's like, okay.
1: Uh, yeah. So that doesn't help her though. She still doesn't smells.
0: Okay. All right. So everybody, they're trying to figure out what to do, but no matter what they're doing, it's, it's still there. We see George and Susan back at the video store. And we really take care of a lot of uh, business here because George has not only gone back to the video store, but he's also asked Susan to meet him at the video store.
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, we're running out of time for this episode. We need to have five scenes in this one store right now. Yes, we need and to have so, Kramer swinging the golf club. And
0: George wants to know from Susan: Is he responsible for her metamorphosis?
1: Yeah, and then he gets a ninety-eight dollar bill.
0: Yeah, ninety-eight dollars for
1: Rochelle, Rochelle on VHS. I mean, that I mean, can't you just like I don't know? Burn? I guess you couldn't burn other copies then, but that that just seems exorbitant. George takes this pretty well. Why does he well, well I, he pays them 35 bucks, but why is he allowed to do 35?
0: No, he he needs 35 bucks from Susan. So I felt like he had like 60.
1: Or yeah, he had, oh, he, he had so like That's crazy that George pays it, but I guess I guess that's just like tying up the loose end in the story that like we know he's not getting the the VHS back.
0: If George was willing to take the tape back out to not have to pay the 50 cents. By my calculations, George has what? How many days to find the VHS of Rochelle Rochelle before it would be ninety-eight dollars?
1: Yeah, but realistically, if something gets stolen from your car, you're never finding that. I and mean, could he go York steal State? another Rochelle Rochelle VHS? See, that's true. See, that could be another episode where he steals like next week's episode, he steals Rochelle Rochelle from somebody.
0: <laughs> I mean, he has like uh how many days at $1.49 a day?
1: So What but if you like if you call the cops and say somebody stole it. You know, and then you show a police report to the store. They may just let you off the hook. It's possible. I think you're. You know, it was also lenient about this stuff. Netflix, when they used to actually send you DVDs back in the day. Yeah. Um, I once uh, I I sent a DVD and, you know, I sent the three, you know, you'd send three and you get three back, whatever. And I sent some movie uh, and they never got it. And they were charging me and I called them up and I said, you lost it. They said, no problem. Like, no argument. They just refunded me the money. Yeah. And then when I moved out, I found it in my drawer. You get, like, one freebie. You get one. They stop. If the second one, they charge you, or they just cut you off. I think no so. Long. I think they just,
0: like, eh, whatever. You know. That, that happened to me one time with Netflix, where um, instead of, like, the mail slot, one of, my, one of my DVDs I was trying to send back to them got, like, stuck in between the mail slot and the wall, because they, it didn't really fit in there. You had to, like, sort of put it in there, and I think it got pushed in too far. And uh, I was like, uh. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, they were, they were good. i uh, give Netflix
1: props there. They didn't give me any problems.
0: And, look, and they're still around today.
1: Yeah, look, at that, look at that blockbuster. Look at look at that. You can you still
0: done. get DVDs from Netflix? I think you can. <laughs> one, at one point a few cheap, years ago, they
1: tried to split up the companies because they realized what the future was. Do you remember this? And people went so crazy that their like, huge business plan that probably took like months and millions of dollars of planning they, they remember it was like called like Flickster or Quickster, I think, with a Q. Quickster. Uh, yeah. Do you remember this? And people were like rioting in the streets that they were gonna can't they were gonna split up the companies and change the name. Yeah. So they, they didn't do it. But now like they wouldn't even need two companies, right? Because nobody even probably gets the DVDs to their house.
0: Yeah. It would take sixty-two days for George's late fees to get higher than ninety-eight dollars.
1: Yeah, I think, and, and that's, is that if he does or doesn't rewind the, the video, I think it's It already wasn't rewound, so unless So you don't have to, but he waives the $2 re- rewinding fee if he doesn't, if he loses it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah I <laughs> sense, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if they make him pay the whole thing, if he has like a police report, if he's not found liable, then maybe I guess he saves the three forty nine.
1: Yeah, but ultimately, it, you're right, it's very un-George-like not to fight this more.
0: Yeah, so George is going to pay Susan back. He says after he borrows thirty five bucks from her. So he wants to know. He has a question. When you dance, how do you decide who leads? And she just says, "You're an idiot."
1: Yeah, which is funny. She actually, if you look, at, if you watch the inside look, Heidi's like so happy with this episode and with Peter Melman because he gave her like decent lines and she Probably was the only person like, that
0: was nice to her on the Seinfeld set.
1: Pretty probably she was like bullied and like <laughs> Melman would come over and like give her a cookie or something yeah
0: like I uh, think- say this you, you could tell <laughs> tell jason to shut up watch this I'll
1: give, I'll give you two funny lines of the whole series uh, <laughs> heidi i it's it like is that your first question if you really knew nothing and like you had an open book to ask uh you know uh heidi any question you want that's your question who leads when you dance who dances yeah i don't know if they've been to too many dances together Like, I'm sure you could have, I don't know if we have to get into them, but there's a hundred questions you would ask before you ask that.
0: Right. If this was the Susan Ross AMA, (laughs) I don't know if that would lead with when you dance, how do you decide who dances you or Mona?
1: Right. Right. And he doesn't do the uh, famous Jerry line of like, you double your wardrobe.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And she also, after that, she's offended. And she says, and George, by the way, you stink.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Great comedy from Heidi Swedberg. Yeah,
0: it's not me, it's
1: the car. Right, right. But again, that sounds crazy when you're just telling it to people that the car smells. Nobody's going to buy that.
0: Nobody. Kramer and Mona, they rendezvous. I didn't think you would come.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that you, Kramer, really has this uh, has the the kvorka going. Yeah, I knew you would. All right, Jerry and the mechanic.
0: We get a little bit of a montage here. Jerry and the mechanic. Elaine at the
1: salon. Right, and they each have like you know they they get instructions for what they're going to do, and Jerry Elaine gets a, a a plan B also, which is that worst case scenario will give you the tomato sauce. Yeah, Elaine stylist looks familiar. I don't know uh, what I. Yeah, so that's um, Elaine stylist is Taylor Negron, who we mentioned very early on in our podcast run, uh, passed away. Uh, right, I think when we started doing the podcast. oh wow we mentioned him in one of the first few weeks. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a that guy actor who's in many different things.
0: So. It still smells. Everything still smells.
1: Yeah, the hairdresser didn't work, and the car detail for two fifty did not work. Jerry and George
0: are back at the apartment. Jerry says, "That's it.
1: I'm selling the car." See, nowadays, when you know, when you ask me later, what could be different? Like, you could sell this on Craigslist, and you know, by the time they, they realize the smell, which no, might take no, the-
0: no, 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 you is, that, the, that's the worst way to go. Craigslist. Have, so if somebody comes to your house, they're going to try to drive the car. They're going to take the car for the test drive.
1: What about on True Car? Can you smell a smelly car on True Car?
0: No. You have to <laughs> do some sort of like eBay type thing. But then, Okay,
1: fine. You'll
0: get and bad feedback. And you ship feedback. the
1: car to their house. You'll get bad
0: feedback rating. Car smelled.
1: Uh, One star. Bad, yeah, but bad feedback on eBay. That Like, who cares now? How many things are you selling on eBay? Yeah, that's true. Go back, to, go back to Craigslist for everything else.
0: Yeah. Maybe you could go like a CarMax or something like that. That's how I sold my last car. Oh, really? Yeah, CarMax. You I just, just wait till my
1: car's die. You just bring
0: it there and say, hey,
1: what do you, what, what do you give me for this? Okay. Fine. They give you like the blue book blue book value. What Something, they? They like like Something like that. Something like that. I don't
0: think the blue book value has like a smell and maybe CarMax is like, <laughs> all right, well, well, we gotta, we gotta disinfect this thing.
1: Well, it's like, you ever, ever look at a, a baseball card price guide when you were a kid and there would be like eight, $8 of its perfect condition, mint condition and like $4 of its crappy. Yeah. So it's here. It's like good smelling car, 20 grand, 10, you know, horrible smelling car. You pay. Yeah. So this is a great snapshot into the <laughs> cheapness of George. So he's like, well, maybe I'll
0: buy it. Like, and he's his <laughs> life is already being affected by the smelly car, ruined
1: by the smelly car. Yeah, hundred bucks to him, and and
0: yeah, and Jerry like is being a good a good friend, or at least is selfish enough that he doesn't want to have a smelly friend. And he says, look, you do you understand what we're dealing with? Superman couldn't deal with a smell like this.
1: You need a priest to get rid of this. It's a presence. <laughs> it's a beast. Yeah, the smell of the car has really taken on a life of its own. All right. So we hear a big knocking. Kramer! It's Susan. Wow, rare Susan appearance. It's upstairs.
0: (laughs) Yes. And she is looking for Kramer. She hates Kramer.
1: What has Kramer done? What is the updated damage report for Susan and Kramer? So Mona has already confessed her love about Kramer to Susan. It's not like Susan busted them, it sounds like. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how this happened. Right. So first, Kramer vomited on Susan. Right. And then Heidi Swedberg assumed that that's who she would be dating for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then Kramer burns down uh, the, the cabin that you're supposed to be cherishing. Right. And now he's taking Mona away from her. Okay. that's, uh, that's three for three. I mean, is Susan in love with Mona? <sighs> well, Mona's in love with Kramer. I think, you know, it's her first girlfriend. It's puppy love.
0: Yeah. Okay. I guess you don't forget your first girlfriend. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> she seems very she's very upset and she goes off and uh, George has a great line where he says, uh, I drive them to lesbianism. He brings them back. <laughs> yeah, I
1: got a huge laugh from the uh, crowd.
0: <laughs> now, technically, George drove Susan to lesbianism in the fiction of the show. Kramer did not bring her back.
1: Well, back. She was never there. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Mona, she had never been she'd never dated a guy.
1: No, right. She's this is her first time on that team.
0: Yeah. So again, not not exactly a, a one through line. It turns out that she's a golf teacher. She's taken six strokes off
1: of Kramer's game. Uh yeah. And uh I, like I I it's weird because again, things are there's a lot going on in this episode, so things are kind of rushed. But the only, the only like thing we know about her golfing is that Kramer was golfing with a broomstick, which I have no idea how he got, in the video store. Right. And then she saw him. Yes.
0: She said, oh, let me help you with that swing. You was pulling so, the club back too fast.
1: Again, like, like that, that guy said, like season one, there's like four scenes and everything's going so slow. And here we have like one of our first episodes where they're really rushing to finish the episode and put things together.
0: Okay. So we see George and Susan in the diner. I really like this scene. I really like that George is like the straight best friend of Susan here.
1: Yeah, it's a rare scene where George is sort of like the wise man in the room.
0: Yeah, and I like that they're sort of like equals and friends here. It, it, I I really did like this conversation.
1: Yeah, it's very unusual, and you're right. George is rarely somebody's equal, so it's uh, when it works out, it's funny.
0: Yeah, and he's like trying to cheer her up. He's like, "Oh, you're a great catch." You know, look at you. You'll meet somebody else. You're so hip now. <laughs> yeah. Hip. yeah. Now, George kind of screws it up when he tells her, I can't get you out of my mind.
1: Yeah, because George had the hand right now. You don't say that to Susan.
0: Yeah. And so, like, he was in the friend zone, but it was a good
1: friend zone. Yeah, it was, good. it was a good friend.
0: Oh, and then he looks up. There's Allison. Now, if you remember, Allison is the woman that he tried to tell that he was buck naked to. The woman that was obsessed with him in the outing. The outing. And she comes yes. up to George and says, "Hey, do you know you owe me $50?" Now what could George owe her $50 for?
1: You know, I was going to like go through the entire script of the outing and see if there was anything, but I'm pretty sure there's not. Yeah, I don't think so. It was it's also confusing. There's like five Allisons in like a very short span here, you'll see, in like this season and next season, like almost there's a bunch of different girlfriends who are Allison. Yeah. So, be prepared to get confused.
0: Okay. <laughs> and so she notices Susan says, wow, that's a beautiful vest. And the show implies that Allison and Susan are going to hit it off.
1: Yeah, they like make googly eyes and that's it. Yeah. So,
0: what is this to make George even more tortured that two of his girlfriends could be dating now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And George is, you know, he's got no chance of getting in the middle here.
0: I mean, if you're George and here's Allison who was formerly obsessed with you, and if his thing is for Susan, Uh, It seems like you could start to connect the dots of a plan where maybe you see the three of them doing something.
1: Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm just telling you. I mean, is it what episode is that? Is that the menage a trois?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's Jerry. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just telling you that George is the one who
1: comes up with the idea true i think uh, uh you know it's a it's, listen good luck to george trying to pull that off okay best of luck to him
0: so we go to the used car place and kramer is telling jerry about how things did not work out with mona really he says the atmosphere is fabulous now that he has the wallpaper the wood paneling wallpaper up in his apartment which is a good call back to was that last week when he was doing that
1: yes i do like that they are calling back everything this season it yeah. was so it was also so original like shows were not doing that yeah. Even if they've gotten off the main sort of throughway theme of the pilot, it's really every episode. They're just like, what else do we remember about the last few weeks? Let's make jokes about it.
0: Yeah. And ultimately, the th- everything was going good. But then she said she had to get up early. And we saw Kramer borrow Jerry's jacket earlier in the episode.
1: Yeah, but uh, that, that may be the stench.
0: Yes. And so ultimately, we find out that Kramer's affected. We see Elaine. She's doing uh, sauce me. So we're gonna Elaine's going to get the tomato sauce and uh, ultimately they can't sell Jerry's car.
1: Uh, can't sell his car and uh, he can't even give it
0: away. He can't even give it away. He goes to like some guy on the street, some vagrant who's like on a street corner and he just like throws in the keys and then the guy gets in and he makes a like bad
1: smelling face. We have to assume that he does not take the car. Yes. So we don't know what happens to the car. A mystery to a mystery to uh, that will never be solved, I guess. Yeah, closing stand up. Jerry wants to. Go, why do we need BO? You Do something good. Smell bad. It is true. Like exercise should make you smell good. Right. Would you exercise more if it made you smell good afterwards?
0: I mean, probably
1: not. If you didn't have to shower after, like, it's a, it's definitely a, an upsell. It's like a, a you know a selling point of uh, of exercising.
0: <laughs> well, that would imply that the reason why I'm not working out now is because I don't want to smell bad. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So. No, that's not, that's not. So why real, aren't you working out? I
0: though. don't have time.
1: That's what I tell myself also.
0: <laughs> I just say like, boy, well, I could either work out or like, oh, I have so much more stuff that I have to do. It's like, is it really going to make that big a difference that I didn't work out today? Like I know, that, like I know if I don't work, if I don't get start working on this now, that's going to be a bigger pain in the ass than not working out today.
1: It's true. I, you know what I've noticed recently? There's like, and by recently, I mean like the last five years, I don't know if it's a new thing or it's just because we're getting older. I have, like, I know a lot of people who for them working out or running in more, you know, more uh, specifically is like their hobby, like their main hobby oh, is yeah. working out or running. It really bothers me. <laughs> well, to be totally truthful about this, one of the reasons why I didn't
0: work out today and I definitely was up where I said, uh, should I work out or something? I'm like, oh, well, I got to watch the smelly car. got to watch the smelly car this morning. Get ready for a podcast.
1: Listen, and the smelly car is better than any workout you could have. <laughs> but, you know, you could get a treadmill up there or something. Uh, and how can or I take my notes? Bike?
0: I'm not a treadmill
1: guy. I mean, is there any show you watch where you're not writing notes during the episode? Probably not. Really? Yeah, the I guess that's, game. that's tough. Yeah. Right, the Mets game. So you exercise like I used to do when I was the treadmill guy in my room. Like, watch, you know, or you don't play video games. There are, you could find an excuse to do exercise, yeah my wife won't watch a movie unless she's on the exercise bike,
0: yeah, if there's something that I'm really not interested in, like I was like, okay, well, let me try to answer my emails
1: yeah, and I'll look away from from most things yeah, that's why i I've I found that nowadays about ninety five percent of what I watch i'll uh, you know like' watching Survivor, and like they get up to a challenge You're like, okay, look at my phone, like I'll hear what's going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially a reward challenge. That's one of the problems with like, um, with uh, foreign movies and foreign shows. Like I watched the genius. Yeah. Which is a, for people who don't know. It's like a Korean game show and it's amazing, but you have to watch the whole time because you don't, I don't speak Korean. So you have to read the screen and you can't be on your phone for over an hour. It's a huge commitment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost not worth it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. let's start to just talk about in 2015, how would mm-hmm. this be different? Well one, I mean, we I don't have know the how, video
1: store subplot. Yeah, the video store subplot doesn't work. Um, I don't know how you'd get rid of the smell differently nowadays than you might
0: have better stuff on Amazon. Yeah, you, you
1: could Google. You could Google how to get rid of this horrible smell. But I think this smell is above, and you know, it's beyond just getting rid of. It. It's not getting rid of. It's not get rid Yeah, the smell
0: also. I think that George would have found it out about Susan's lifestyle change on Facebook or something like that. Oh, for
1: sure. She would have changed her relationship status, then relationship with Mona. And then, uh, you know, he would have figured it out there.
0: Yes. Okay. So, Akiva, where did this rank for you?
1: All right. Now, I have this really low. I don't know. What do you think about this episode?
0: I mean, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's uh, one of the worst episodes. I'm interested to know where how
1: low you have it. Yeah, I have it really low. I'm not sure. Like, and again, sometimes I did these rankings um, from the last time I watched the show. It's not. Uh, i i Wouldn't really hold to it. But I'm. I i do not want. I can't move it around too much because then everything gets out of whack. Yeah. So I'm going to put it as one of the lowest remaining episodes at 150.
0: Oh, uh, I think you're too hard on Smelly
1: Car. I mean, I I could make complaints about the Smelly Car. In the sense that, what's your biggest complaint about it? Doesn't re- there's not really an ending to the episode? Yeah, there's really no ending. Like he leaves the car, you know, Elaine and the boy. Like, is she gonna smell forever? Like they leave it so open ended. Mm-hmm. Which some episodes they do that, but it's just too open ended. There's really not one memorable scene. There's a lot of good dialogue. I, in if I had to do it again, I would rank this probably a hundred, not hundred fifty, but wow, there is so there's a
0: fifty point or fifty slot <laughs> differential.
1: Uh, You know, the 100, I mean, the really bad episodes are really bad. Like, you know, the dog or or male unbonding, but like the difference between the hundreds and the 150 isn't as big as the difference between like a, you know, a five and a 25.
0: Let me just take a look at the season four episode list. I'll tell you what episodes are better than worse than this one.
1: Yeah, please do. I could, I mean, I could run them out also. Okay. Uh,
0: You know, I really forget about all of the stuff with the the trip. Uh, I think this is better than the stuff in the trip.
1: Yeah, the trip was is, is a strange episode. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and then the pitch and the ticket and the the wallet and the watch. It's definitely better than at least one of those parts.
1: But those also blend together. That's like
0: yeah. Uh, I'll take the bubble boy over this. Uh, better. Cheever, Cheever letter over this. I think uh, the opera. I feel like I didn't really care for.
1: Yeah, no, the opera is not great.
0: Yeah, the Virgin. The airport. The Virgin. I feel like is the one where like nothing really happens in the Virgin. Right.
1: That's true yeah
0: and then airport um, yeah I think this is better than the airport
1: okay so not the worst episode of the season and, and, and again no, maybe it's I'm definitely being hard not the worst to me I'm being hard because you know there have been so many good ones last week was the junior mint yeah uh, you know next week's is not considered a classic either but we'll see if I have it higher or lower
0: yeah and I don't know I think I'd probably have this over the pick and the movie Okay. Definitely over the old man.
1: Yeah. I'm not like, sometimes I'm like religious in my conviction of how good or bad the episode is, but here I'm, I'm, I'm not, I could be swayed anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay. Don't wear suede in the rain.
1: All right. I don't get that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to our emails. Seinfeld yeah. at postshowrecaps.com. Got lots of emails to talk about here on the Seinfeld podcast. Why don't we kick it off with Johnny D. Silvera? okay? Johnny sure. Silvera says, Robin Akiva, I can't believe season four is almost done on Seinfeld.
1: Uh, yeah, it seems like just yesterday we were in California for the trip.
0: Johnny says that Peter Melman, who wrote the episode with Larry David, got the idea for the episode from a friend of his who went through this. The guy was always pitching him ideas for scripts that would never work. And then he didn't even pitch this one. He was telling about his story about the valet driver who smelled up his car.
1: Yeah, and again, this is hard to sort of, if you were a writer, envision into a script, again, because the smell doesn't necessarily translate well, but they certainly did a good job. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: uh, very interesting. Also, Johnny wants to point out that Jason Alexander hosted SNL the Saturday before this episode aired.
1: Oh, that's a good factoid, Johnny.
0: I don't remember the Jason Alexander... SNL episode.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch
0: that this week, see how it goes. Maybe <laughs> in
1: case there's no news next for next week. I'll
0: Good. Ask. I would definitely want to check that out. I will rewatch it. Okay. That. Here is Craig from Vancouver. He says, In the video store, Susan and Mona are standing next to a poster for A Few Good Men, which is the same movie in which its big scene constituting you can't handle the truth sounds a lot like what George said in the season two episode The Truth. Uh-huh. Also, the rewinding of the tapes line might be the most dated thing in the show. It's definitely top five. What do you think? Top five, uh, baby?
1: Yeah, but it's so dated that, like, you know, it's dated. It's funny. It's like a relic, like a museum of things that used to happen in the eighties and nineties. Okay.
0: Um, a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, we don't
0: have to read every everybody's. Those uh, emails are long.
1: A whole McGilligan. Yeah, here.
0: we don't want. To, don't put that in the, in the podcast. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, Amir. All mm-hmm. All right, Amir writes. He writes as an aside. This was a really wonderful episode. I generally assume and find to be true that the famous ones are a bit worse than I remember. Maybe it's just me, but this was actually a way better episode than I expected. The storylines tie together nicely. And the Susan George dialogue is hilarious. Akiva, what do you have to say about that shown up by your buddy, Amir?
1: I think I, I feel like is Amir the type of guy who like anything that's popular isn't isn't cool. I mean, mm. he also doesn't like like Nickelback or Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> Amir says it makes literally no sense that Elaine asks Jerry what it means when a guy says he has to get up early in The Virgin. She says to Marla that the smart ones start working on their getaway stories during dinner. How you know they got to get up early tomorrow. What is it about being up early? They all turn into farmers suddenly. The clumsiness of the dialogue here is incredibly disappointing. So Amir is bummed out about that.
1: Great catch. And I feel like if there was a VP of common sense, you know, if it was 10 year old Akiva Wieneker or 14 year old Rob, I feel like we would have caught that right there.
0: George's reaction to Susan becoming a lesbian is a good commentary on his complaint from the old man that when I like them, they don't like me. Perhaps this is another chicken and the egg issue. It seems that George only likes them as a direct result of them not liking him. That's right. Yeah. Who could like someone
1: who likes him? That's like the Harpo or Groucho or someone of the Marx Brothers. Carl, somebody. Okay. The, the, uh, you know I would never be a member of the club that uh, would want me as a member or something. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Uh, and
0: finally, Amir says, Elaine claims to love horse manure. He says, I wonder if it's because it's newer which is good, and Ma in front of it, which is also good. Uh, We got some puns. Yeah, there you go. And, all right, and let's close it out with Chester, who gives the counterpoint to Amir, who says, you know what really stinks? This episode, worst episode remaining in the series.
1: Wow. wow. Shots fired. Chester's on Team Akiva, and uh, Amir's on Team Rob. (laughs) All right, we'll get the... Debate going in the comments. Uh, are you team team Amir or team
0: Chester? <laughs> where did Jerry and go to dinner in New York? That they got a valet service.
1: Says Chester. I think the show got confused between where it filmed and where it's set. Yeah, terrible. I mean, there's a lot of cont- you know continu- continuity things in this episode, but that one is really the worst. I mean, anyone would catch that. There's. I wonder if there are four restaurants in all of Manhattan that have a valet.
0: Okay, and then Chester wants to know. Shouldn't this epically historical B.O. be ruining every car the valet enters? Wouldn't there be hundreds of victims?
1: Wouldn't it have been an NY Post cover story within a week? Wait, can I tell you something, Rob? Yes. I did not read Chester's email. <laughs> so we had the same joke, and I did not see that email at all.
0: I do read every morning. I, I have breakfast. I read the, at least I skim through the Post and the Daily News on, on the, the app. Uh, when I eat breakfast, and I've been following everything going on with the peeing guy.
1: <laughs> the oh, so you made it seem like you didn't know what I was talking well, about. I know
0: exactly.
1: I'm in the peeing guy's business. I,
0: I know what's going on. I, I try to make explain things to the people that don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs> Do Why? you know what they 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 say? There was a, uh, an article I forget where I read uh, yesterday that the reason they've done so many stories and they have like 15 reporters dragging the peeing guy is because it's outside the. Uh, the editor in chief's uh, apartment and he really hates him. So he just wants the guy like brought to justice because it's like ruining his life that the peeing guy is outside his apartment.
0: Oh uh, See, I feel like it was just like uh de Blasio bashing.
1: No, I think it's Cole Allen is the guy who's like mm. hates, hates the peer. Okay. All right. So there you go. So he'd be like a serial BO guy. I, it's not a bad point. Why did he only ruin the one car? <laughs> it, l- it lends credence to our theory that he did something funky with the car when they were in the restaurant.
0: Yes, I think so.
1: All right. So, Akiva, what is the hashtag for this episode? Well, I think if you, how about if you like the episode, you're team Amir, and if you hate the episode, you're team Chester. Okay, there you go.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to know if this is uh, people love this episode. I mean, I don't think it's a classic, but I do think that this is a what's the word for just a shade under iconic a shade under iconic a uh mem- a, a highly memorable episode
1: okay and the bbo is probably the most memorable line in the episode
0: yeah i feel like that this was a very uh episode with the valet guy who had the bo in the car i do feel like this is very uh a very memorable one of these season four episodes okay
1: okay let's All see right. if people agree.
0: let's see all right. Well, I don't rank the episode, so I'm not the expert.
1: Yeah. I And Rob, it is worth mentioning now also. something for you to think about next week. So when we have this uh, coming week and then one more, uh, is there anything we want to do between seasons four and five? If anybody has any wow. fun ideas. I anything? can't
0: believe that we are that. I feel like we just did the episode uh, in between season three and season four.
1: I, I, it also feels like to me, like I just suffered through, 12 episodes of like suddenly Susan and Carolyn in the city and all that great stuff. But wow. uh, uh, we're, we're going to be between four and five. I was wondering if, uh, if you or anybody has any ideas for, I got I, a few I, in my head. Well, let us know
0: up. in the email, Seinfeld at post show recap. So that's really
1: going to be very fun to talk about. All right. I, somebody said, somebody said, watch like a lot of classic 80 movies, but. I'm very busy. I want to maybe save that if maybe after season five. Yeah, we're, and we don't need to watch, to watch a lot of movies. We're already watching. No, I'll do, well, I'll do crazy things. And, you know, like last time you didn't have to watch them. And I'll give you a report. And you'll have seen the movies anyway. But that's too much for me right now. I'm, I'm doing my uh, my Florida New York tour these coming few weeks.
0: Okay. All right. So, let me read a recent review because the last review that we got was one, the one I read last
1: week on the podcast. The segment's not working, Akiva.
0: <laughs> Guys, you
1: got to gotta write a review for us. We,
0: <laughs> we only have uh 81 star ratings and 43 reviews. That's uh downright
1: pitiful. I'm not doing anything until we get to 100 uh, star ratings.
0: <laughs> so please.
1: I'm not uh, watching Star Wars, that's for sure.
0: Postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld. That would be actually very funny to have Akiva talk about Star Wars that he's never seen it before.
1: I think it's some point during our run it will happen I'm not promising it if we had like what if we get to like 500 reviews that's not even possible it's too many I I would love to do something that's at least
0: Seinfeld to Jason
1: yeah yeah we'll do something or or at least
0: Seinfeld to Jason Alexander
1: oh oh my god I'm hanging up who
0: uh, (laughs) show editor Scott St. Pierre ran into he
1: went to go see the uh, the play oh did he see did Scott Dark? you invite him on the podcast (laughs) I don't know if you didn't horrible job he has video
0: of him he has video Okay, so uh, from eBeth23 says, detailed recap of each episode. Now that Seinfeld's on Hulu, I look forward to actually watching the episode before I listen to the podcast. If you don't have a chance to watch the episode, it's still fun to listen to the recap. How about that?
1: Yeah, I have a few friends who listen to the show who hate Seinfeld.
0: Yeah, they hate Someone Seinfeld. Someone even
1: said, when you guys start talking about Seinfeld, I, fast forward. <laughs> I like all the banter. <laughs> I like the banter, they said.
0: Wow. About that. All right. So thank you uh, so much, eBeth23. All right, Akiva, fun, fun talk today about The Smelly Car. What are we talking about next week? Uh, the Handicap Spot. The Handicap Spot, oh. Now, are you going to watch the version that includes
1: Jerry Stiller, or are you going to watch the non-Jerry Stiller version? I mean, whatever's on the DVD, and I guess I can try, you know, to uh, find the other one also. I'm sure I could find that scene on YouTube or something. Okay.
0: First appearance of... Mr. Costanza.
1: The DVD may have both. I don't remember. Okay.
0: All right. So looking forward to that. Follow Akiva on Twitter. He's at Keeve26. I am at Rob Sistrino. Looking forward to getting back together next week to talk about the handicap spot on your Seinfeld recap on postshowrecaps.com. That's where the comment section is. If you want to tell us what you think. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre, of course, for editing the episodes and Mike Moore, who writes our episode recaps every week and does a really fantastic job. So that's it for us. Keith, anything else? I think that's it for me. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye.